Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. As a soldier and as a, as a, uh, as a general, as a retired general, we have an army of digital soldiers. What we are now, what, what we call, I call them, because this was an insurgency, folks. This was run like an insurgency. This was irregular warfare at its finest in politics. And that, that story will, will continue to be told here. But we have what we call citizen journalists. Okay? Because, the, because the, the journalists that we have in our media did a disservice to themselves, actually more than they did to this country. They did a disservice to themselves because they displayed an arrogance that is unprecedented. And so the American people decided to take over the idea of information. They took All right. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That is Vince Tagliavia. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We are live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, this is where we discuss, we unveil, we uncover, we unravel the unfolding global conspiracy of communism coming to America, the attack on the United States of America's constitution, the infiltration of our institutions, of our society, of our culture, the motivations by globalists around the world Mm. to take away our freedoms and our sovereignty. And that right there was uh, General Michael Flynn talking about an army of digital soldiers. And I actually... Asked him about this. I asked him about that video specifically, which I, I'm glad I did because um, his response was really awesome. But um, for those who don't know, uh, I, I had an interview with General Michael Flynn today. Uh, fantastic interview. He, he talked a lot about fifth generation warfare, psychological warfare, information warfare, how it's been panning out, kind of where we were and where we came to, the, the tactics used. He talked a little bit about the World Economic Forum. He talked a lot about Russia and China and the threat that they pose. Um, and more so, he talked about our country and what we need to do. We talked a little bit about 2024 and what's happening and what we need to do before then. And so I'm going to go ahead and play that interview here in uh, just a second. Uh, really good interview with General Flynn. And uh, for those out there, if you want to, we have linked up General Flynn. Uh, you can get his book, Fifth Generation, uh, The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare at GeneralFlynn.com. No special fancy links for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, you can go GeneralFlynn.com to find that. And what we're going to do is I'm going to cue this up right now. And uh, just uh, get some announcements out of the way. First thing that we have is we have the uh, the Battle of the Streams. That's between Rumble, Facebook, Pilled, and D Live. Thank you so much for helping support alternative journalism, investigative journalism, alternative media, whatever you want to call this. That's what we do here at the Red Pill Project. Much appreciated for everybody who helps support us on that. As a reminder, tomorrow there will be no conversations on the fringe. Uh, Vince is going to take the night off. I'll be driving to Denver. But I think what we'll do is since I'll be driving to Denver is we potentially will do a live Zoom um, while I'm driving. If I still have reception, we'll see. Uh, I'll put that information out. If uh, we can get it all set up, I'll just join the regular Zoom room and we can just have a discussion while I'm driving. I find that helps keep me awake while I'm driving those 13-hour right. drives. Um, but and then, um, yep, and then 
back to the normal schedule after that. So I just want to give everybody those updates. We're going to jump into the interview with General Michael Flynn. And what we're going to do is we're going to come back after that. Vince and I are going to have a little discussion about the interview. And we're going to go through the news of the day. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one. And uh, this is hopefully not the uh, the last time we'll see General Flynn on the show. I'm, 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 I know for a fact that we'll see him much, much more. But here we go. Without any further ado, General Michael Flynn. All right, everybody. I have with me retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. General Flynn, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I, uh, I, I try to get out and swim every day. So I went swimming. And I and that's uh, that's my safe space. I uh, I'm a good swimmer, and uh, that's where I think. You know, I do a lot of thinking when I'm swimming, and it's a it's a great place because you you got to use your entire body when you swim. So especially oxygen, right? <laughs> that's it. You I know, just came it, back. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time today, and and again, General Flynn, I appreciate your service to the country and your continued service to our country and everything that Thank you've you. been doing uh, the last uh, decade. I, I can't believe we are actually saying the last decade. Uh, time know. just flies when you're uh, you're not having fun, right? <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not a fun time. It's a very serious time. It's a very. Uh, it's a. It's a moment of of uh, of historic peril if we're not careful. And, uh, and and the nation stands at, you know, sort of a, to be a little bit, uh, you know, cliche, but we kind of stand at a, at a moment of uh, at a precipice, mm-hmm. you know, but we're but what we're looking at and looking down at or is looking at a deep, deep chasm that that is unrecoverable and any nation that's ever lost its freedom has never recovered. So uh, I, I don't want us to be there. I don't want us to even be close to the to the edge. I want us to be able to 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 you know, fight, argue, discuss, discourse, you know, freedom to speak freely, to do all the things we want to do as as we've always been in this country. But all of that is at risk right now. You know, absolutely. And and you just have this new book that came out, The Citizen's Guide, The Fifth Generation Warfare, which was written as really a field field manual for people to go out there and, and really learn about these tactics, these strategies, and everything that's being kind of utilized against us. And it's been utilized against us for a very long time. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and I appreciate you letting me do that. Uh, the Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare, or 5GW, we call it as a, for short. Uh, myself and Sergeant Boone Cutler, Sergeant Retired Boone Cutler, we, we we wrote the book and created it. You know, it's a, it's just that we actually did it in the in terms of the the what you're looking at. We actually did it like a field manual or a technical manual. And then what we also did was that at the end of the chapters, you know, we have these chapter exams, right? So we have a Literally, because that's kind of the way military field manuals operate, too, you know, or tech manuals. You go through the, the chapter, the section, and then at the end, we ask you a few questions to remind you. And some of the questions don't require you to go back in, into, the, uh, into the section. Some of them do, because the idea is to use this thing like a pocket guide. And, and we, you know, we design these like this in the military so they can fit into your cargo pockets. So that's kind of the idea. But this manual... And, and uh, fifth generation warfare, 5GW has been around for a long time. And there's always been a component of it in all aspects of warfare because there's things like deception. There's things, you know, there's there's times when the, the adversary will operate in an irregular manner, meaning they don't do what you think that they're normally going to do. They don't follow their doctrine. They don't follow, you know, some standard of war fighting. And what has evolved over time, though, from the time that 
that people were throwing rocks and, and beating each other over the head with sticks to uh, nuclear warfare, which is really what 4GW is about, is that we've had we've had this interaction between really hybrid, unconventional and irregular warfare. And then we now have a, 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 an information component, Josh, that is so robust, right? Mm-hmm. In the past, they, they would use leaflets and and maybe some radio broadcasts, you know, in, in the days when we had, when radio was, since radio's still around, but but that's when we didn't have the advent of the internet. We didn't have all of these various social media outlets. And we have these competing, this competing noise really at the end of the day that's happening. So what we have now is we have a real, you know, there's a real sort of rising tension. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to tell people, tell the readers in this is, this is what's happening. This is why it's happening. And this is how you can overcome it. And I think that one of the keys to this, one of the things I like to bring out, and uh, and and Boone Cutler is another great, uh, he's, a, he's another great one. And I'd love to get, you know, I don't know if you've had him on, but I, I like that. Him yeah, and I'll get him. I'll work that out for you because I think it's, it's good to hear both our perspectives. But I think that uh, this is not about neighbor against neighbor or friend against friend or or political ideologue against political ideologue. The, the they have created the environment where they have pitted communities against communities, families against families, you know, even children against children in some cases. Certainly, siblings. I mean, it, it, it's the whole gamut, and they do that through this mag, this uh, this you know uh, huge um, propaganda machine, right? The machinery of propaganda. It's not just you know the mainstream media. Look at what we're learning from the Twitter files, right? I mean, yeah. Twittergate, I call it now, right? Look at what we're learning from a large social media, an international social media organization that was in the business of censoring in in coordination with our own government, in coordination with elements of our own federal government. I mean, those are those are not only, and then when they were doing it, they were doing it on government-provided servers, on government, you know, in, on, in, on behalf of the government, the U.S. government, on behalf of multiple organizations of the U.S. government. So essentially, they weren't just partnering with the U.S. government. They were working on behalf of the U.S. government mm-hmm. to censor free speech, to to shut down a sitting president of the United States. Talk about the violation of the First Amendment and some of the technical issues of it, the legal issues of it that are coming out this week in, uh, in some of these test, some of these hearings and, and testimonials at Congress is that these people actually broke the law. And some of these laws, are, it's, you know, the violation of the First Amendment is a is a felony in yeah. some cases. So these so some somewhere the dike, you know, the, the it's breaking and and it's breaking in our favor. Because one of the things we want to come out of this manual is I want people to understand how to rise above it, right? Mm-hmm. And how to discern for themselves, how to judge for themselves where to go to look. We provide a, a list of places to go and look. Uh, some of the other some of the other uh, manuals that we point people to. So people have to go and do their own research. Don't take Flynn's word for it. Don't take Reed's you know, word for it. Don't take whoever. You know, listen, synthesize, analyze, and then go do some more research. There's no excuse for not being able to research. Everybody's got the ability to go and look things up. A, a Google is going to drive you to a very, uh, to their very strong bias, right? Yeah. And those we, we are now facing. So the so the two big adversaries at the 
at the 66,000 foot level. I say that because that's about the level that the balloon was flying at, right? <laughs> so at the 66,000 foot level, the two adversaries really that are competing against each other is a is a reawakening America versus a globalist elite. Okay, and the globalist elite, they have a lot of power. They have a lot of uh, backing in terms of finance, and they have huge huge resources. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm always out having to you know, do things for people. And I do it, you know, you know, it's a privilege for me to go help fundraise and do that kind of stuff for folks, and especially for veterans causes. But we're looking at, at literally billions and billions of dollars that are in the globalist elite crowd. And they are trying to dictate, you know, our lives here in America. That's 5GW. That's fifth generation warfare. So I want people to understand that, that when we're at that level, how do we compete? Because it's not it's not competing against, you know, dollar for dollar. It's competing against, you know, our mindset, what's in our DNA, what's in our DNA are things like freedom, things like faith, right? Things like the ability to 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 speak our mind, right? To the ability to as long as you're not as long as you're not injuring somebody, uh, you know, through through defamation of somebody's character mm -hmm. or or you're not injuring somebody physically because of, you know, like the kind of things that like an Antifa does. So these are, and those are components of, of what we're facing. So this globalist elite uses tools. And in many cases, they use, they use the media. They, they clearly use the media, mainstream media, right? The, the, the corporate woke media that, that does exist. And I'm not talking about MSNBC and CNN. Nobody barely any, even watches them anymore. Or, or even a Fox News. I'm really talking about the big, the big markets, like the ABC, the CBS, the NBCs. Those three big, those are three big markets, and they, and when they trickle down, they own a lot of other submarkets. Like they own a lot of newspapers, they own a lot of local mar markets. You know, you know, they own a lot of radio stations, they own a lot of podcasts now. So, and then we have this, you know, the comp the competition against those of us who are Americans, and this is not about Republicans and Democrats. Because everyone, every you know, the the American DNA, what's in the American DNA, which is our constitutional rights, you know, the Declaration of Independence, that, that it really, which is really a beautiful document, and it sort of gives us that motivation to charge forward and keep fighting like we always do as Americans, right? Stand firm on our principles, stand firm on our values, and fight for what we believe in. And I think that that's that's the competition. In fact, I know that's the competition. It's this globalist elitists. Versus a sort of a reawakening America, because frankly, and it's I know, and I'm I'm a, a generation ahead of you, mm -hmm. um, but I uh, I think that my generation, I, and I speak for my generation because I think mostly my generation, and despite all the great things that people did to to create wealth and to and to uh, and maybe to create employment and all kinds of stuff, we actually, when it comes to the political life of this country. My generation was lazy and apathetic. And I've been in more conversations over the years, many years, where some when we start talking about Washington, DC and the and the politicians, you know, the 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 flippant answer is, well, they've always they're all corrupt up there. They're all corrupt. But yet we do nothing about it and we just right. vote them back in. Nobody pays any attention. Now all of a sudden we're all paying attention because because what's at risk? The 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 tactics of our of our system of government are, are at risk, meaning our election system is at risk. Our very financial wealth and our financial system is at risk. They're talking about this central bank digital currency right. and, the, and the elimination of the fiat currency, meaning the elimination of the U.S. dollar. 
and going to some something else, right? A digital currency like they have in China. So all of these things, those are just two parts. Well, and the third one to add is, is our health, our health freedom, hmm. the freedom to make health choices. So those are things that are happening. And, and then the political class of our country has allowed it to happen. And we're a republic. So remember, if, the, if as a republic, if the political class has allowed it to happen, we the people have allowed it to happen because we're supposed to be in charge of our damn country, right? So Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. So all these other things. Well, I was going to say all these other things, Josh, and I, and I really appreciate you and your audience. You know, we have all this craziness going on over in Eastern Europe where we're talking about the use of nuclear weapons like we've never talked about. We have mm-hmm. the Chinese who just literally floated a, a, a intelligence collection balloon. You know, I call I call it a, a, a pool toy over over the, you know, the, 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 the entirety of the United States of America. And. It, you know, it came out today, but we all know this. I mean, it comes out today that, well, they probably had some signals, intelligence collection capability. That thing was big enough and strong enough to carry an EMP device. So, so we have that distraction, though. Okay, 5GW. Yep. So be careful of distractions, audience. Be careful that we don't all turn to the shiny object, right? Because on the battlefield, in warfare, you want to present shiny objects right but they have to be done in in as in as there's always got to be an element of truth in the in the art of deception okay? there's got to be an element of truth but you really have to know in deception who your target is in fact in fact identifying and clearly defining the target of a deception is probably where you have to spend most of your time because the the, the creative ability to create a deception is actually fairly easy if you understand your target. So, you know, the American people, I mean, let's just face it, we're, we're all about the here and now, you know, the, the immediate uh, grat- gratification of, of, uh, of everything, right? So the balloon, we got the balloon and the media covers it. All of a sudden we're distracted. So what, is, what, what has been happening over in China? What has been happening over in the Indo-Pacific? What is happening in the, in the world of, because uh, I know one of the areas that you wanted to touch on, you had sent about was the BRICS. Yeah. Right. The BRICS, Brazil, Russia, mm-hmm. India, China, South Africa. And now there's another at least 10 more nations that are aligning themselves with the BRICS nation. The BRICS nations, those five that I mentioned, they have they represent 47 percent of the world's population of the global population in five countries. You add those other 10 in. And now we're looking at about 75 percent of the global population is now aligned financially against the United States. OK. It's like that's a holy, you know, you know what moment, right? So, so you have that, you have China continuing to kind of, you know, uh, they're they're always got their big shoulders over the top of Taiwan. They're flying all kinds of of uh, incursions in the in the uh, various air interdiction zones over there. You got, you know, the uh, the, the 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 madman over in uh, in North Korea, Kim Jong Un, who's got access to all kinds of capabilities, and you know. Maybe he'll fire something. Maybe he'll fire a couple of missiles off here pretty soon. And will that be a, a real thing? Because those are real. Or will that be a deception? And it causes us to shiny object, right? And right. then, and there's only so much, Josh, I'm, I'm going on a rant here, but there's only so much that people and frankly, our own resources can handle. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not uh, magical. We're not, we don't have a crystal ball. 
Um, we have, we're, we're, you know, in, in our, in, and I would say that our intelligence system, which is, which is properly prioritized and properly led is magnificent. But we have it, we have an intelligence system today that's not well led. It's, it is, it is actually become, it's become more dangerous to America and to Americans because it's actually surveilling us and it's paying too much attention to what's happening right here in, in, uh, in America than it is to where the real threats are. I mean, we haven't even talked about the Mexican drug cartels, right? I, right. I, I just, I just throw that out, right? The Mexican drug cartels. And, and so, so China, so I want to spend a little bit of time on China. Sure. China is the, is the, is the big gorilla in the room, right? And, and, uh, and it's the elephant in the room too, because everybody goes Russia, 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 you know, Ukraine, right? Well, it's just, it's, it's maddening to hear all of the nonsense that we are hearing about over there, but it's, it's serious because when we talk about, um, uh, nuclear weapons, right? It's, I mean, it's a very serious issue, the use of a nuclear weapon. When somebody says, Josh, well, it'll just be a, it's just a tactical nuke. You know, it's a tactical nuclear weapon. What the hell does that mean? I mean, the atom bomb, the atom bomb is like a, a pittance compared to, and that was, and we dropped two on right. Japan and look at what it did. Now we're talking about nuclear, which is a, which is much, much more powerful than, than, than one atom bomb. Right. So, so tactical nuclear weapons are really dangerous and they're going to do, they could destroy much of the world if they're, if they're used. Right. So we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't even want to go down that road, but yet we have people in our own government talking about it. And we just had the breaking news of the Nord Stream pipeline. It's, it looks like, looks like was the U S you know, did the U S drop some, some, uh, some scuba divers down there and the, you know, I mean, so, so this, this tit for tat, this, this back and forth that's happening. And at the, uh, above it all is this information domain. Ah. Okay. And I think that's what you talked about yep. in your note to me about coming on. Cause we, for your audience, we, Josh and I, we didn't, we didn't really, we didn't talk about anything. There was no prep for this other than Josh saying, Hey, would you come on? And here's some of the topics I want to talk about. So that's it folks. That's how, that's how, uh, you know, we prepare and we prepare because it's better to be spontaneous in these kinds of conversations. Cause part of what I'm telling people is, you know, I spent my life as uh, in, in, you know, half of my life. So half of my life growing up as a, as a kid, and then, you know, and then a part of it, you know, having left the military and going into going into the, you know, the political world and, and what a what a mess that is. But I spent half my life, over 33 years of my life in the military, in military intelligence, uh, deployed overseas many times, uh, fighting adversaries, training to uh, fight the, the Soviet Union at the time. I mean, a third of my career was was training. Uh, during the Cold War, training to to fight and win our nation's wars over on the plains of Europe, primarily. Right. So my life is one of of, uh, of great study of our adversaries and warfare. I have a master's degree actually in in warfare, just as just as a as an aside. Okay. So it's not just a a uh, a practical experience of of a lifetime of experience thinking and doing and acting in a in a in a wartime uh mindset but also studying it and i continue to study it because it's something that that uh, clearly 
makes the world turn. And it's a fascinating subject for me because I think that we're constantly, we are constantly in a state of war. Peace is an aberration. I've actually written about that in a, in a, in one, in the first book I wrote called The Field of Fight, where I talk about warfare is the norm and, and uh, peace is the aberration in human history because, and why, why do I say that? Because we're constantly, we have these constantly competing systems and ideologies against each other. And it's, and it happens in debates in the United Nations. It happens in, in Washington, D.C., you know, between embassies. It happens overseas in their various capitals overseas. It happens in these, these sporadic pop-up battles and wars that are being fought in places like, you know, Africa or South, South Asia, Southwest Asia, Southeast Asia, Central Asia, you know, these brush fire things. And now, now we're back to another place. And remember, we've been in, We've been at war. The United States have, has been in a war for 20 years. Right. Okay. J- just that alone. Just that. That's a, so peace is still, I'm not sure we've achieved peace yet because we're not, I don't feel it today. I don't feel it today. Well, there's, there's many reasons I, I would agree with you. I, I served 10 years in the United States Navy. I got out. I went into tech. I worked on combat directory systems on board naval ships. Mm-hmm. Um, I got out. I went into tech. I started getting into cybersecurity. I started getting into um, marketing really and, and watching how these social media platforms were rising up and how these algorithms were really being designed. Right. And this is kind of, it was that and a lot of your speech that you gave uh, back in 2015, 2016 about, we have to redefine the idea of information that really prompted right. me to develop these theories and understanding that we have these different subdomains, these uh, social, cultural, institutional, academic, political, economic that are under attack and being infiltrated and surrounding Mm -hmm. these domains is the information domain. It's what information is being fed into them. And if we look at that information, we can, we, we should never take it at face value. I always tell everybody here at the red pill project is never believe anything. Anybody tells you no matter who they are, what authority they possess or profess, unless you can prove it through your own research, investigation, inquiry, and volition. Um, And that's a lot of what you just said there. And it's very truthful when we're talking about psychological warfare and information warfare. Um, and I wanted to ask you is, do you think that now in 2023, I know you mentioned this a little bit, but you're looking at this back in that speech in 20, uh, 2016, 2016 is when I gave that. I, I know right. which one you're talking about. Yeah. And you talked about the digital war warriors and, mm-hmm. and citizen journalists. Do exactly. you think that that whole movement since this time has recreated this idea of information to where now we have this, we have this type yeah. of discord happening? I, you know, world. so yes. So yes, I, I, I saw something that emerged and, and again my background at the time in 2016 at that time was was a was an intelligence information it was it was operational you know activities that, you know in in 5 years nearly 5 years of of uh, combat operations that I spent my life doing and i saw something that occurred in the in the 2016 campaign where it was an informational battle it's clear because they were competing against one camp versus the other but the idea of information shifted and and what the 2016 campaign did but the one that that uh, you know when i was supporting donald trump at the time what what we did was we really looked at micro analysis mm-hmm. of of areas around the, the country and what the real true sentiment of people were so that micro those micro analytics that was like insurgency wharf you know informational collection right intel collection information collection at a micro level of, of analysis, a micro level of detail. 
where typically polling will go and take, you know, a thousand people and, and they ask them a question and they go, 50% said this, 50% said that. Where what we were doing was really looking at the sentiment at really a micro level of detail. And that was where I said, I, and, I, and I, I'll paraphrase a little bit about what I said in 2016 to a group of young people, you know, that the, the, the citizen, the, the journalists at the time did a disservice to their entire profession mm-hmm. because this was an insurgency that we, that we were a part of in terms of gathering information to win the battle, right? To, in this case, win the, win the presidency of the United States. And we did, you know, not only having a great champion in the, in the guy at the time, you know, in Trump at the time, but we also, but it was how that battle was fought. And I think that the rise of you, the rise of so many other, I call them indies, independent journalists, right? Independent citizen journalists. I would tell you, if you, if you drew it out on a, on a scale, you know, an X, Y axis, that that number of podcasters from 2016 to, to this moment in time, Josh talking to you, has skyrocketed. It's like a, it's like a, just a, a rocket ship taken off because, because this rise of citizen journalists who said, geez, you know, I can do this. I can, I can, I can take my phone and I can do, and I can go, you know, to my audience that wants to listen to me. And if I project an authentic, uh, an authenticity, an honesty, an integrity, truth, you know, and, and I, and I tell my audience what they want, then trust me, your audience will grow. Yeah. Those, the media, what the big media tried to do is they tried to shut everybody down and go, you're a conspiracy theorist, Joshua. You're, you, know, you guys are, you're talking about election, you know, you're an election denier. You know, I'm a, I mean, God, let me try to think about some of the names I've been called, you know, white Christian nationalist, ultra, ultra right wing. Uh, I mean, it's just incredible. Nazi. It's incredible. Yeah. Nazi. I mean, everything. Yeah. Right. So, so the labels are what they tried to do. And the more they labeled, people like me, people like you, the more they gave those labels to those citizen journalists, those, the stronger those citizen journalists became. Because people like you and others who we know, they didn't back down. They actually, it, it, it affirmed, you know, affirmed and confirmed to them that what they were doing was right. It's like we say, you know, if you're getting bashed over the head, you're probably over the target, right? Yeah. And so th- that's what we... And that's what we have to do. And that's why, you know, it's exhausting at times and uh, for your audience. It's exhausting for me, but but I know what the I know what the consequences are because no no nation that's lost its liberty has ever re, uh, recovered. OK, right. so I, and I've seen the consequences in my time in the military, uh, having served and, and been on six continents. I, I've seen the consequences. I've been in communist countries. I've been in horrific dictatorships and I've seen the worst of humanity and in on on continents like Africa or uh, or the Central Asian republics, those places on the planet, uh, Southeast Asia, you know, not every one of them is 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 horrific, but there's a lot of there's a lot of of people on this planet that that uh, would love to come to America because of what America offers. So, I what I want is I want people to stand firm. I want guys like you and gals that are out there doing this. I want you to stand firm. What you're doing is correct. Uh, you just have to make sure that you clearly define yourself. You're strong in who you are and your own convictions. I appreciate your service uh, in uniform, too, because, I mean, I think that's the other thing. Anybody that's ever served in the military, and I, I can tell you today, the rank and file, you know, are are uh, are still strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I do think that our, 
our top level leadership in our U.S. government, uh, military and our civilian leaders, uh, they're taking us down a path that is just this incredible. And it's not something you, you say to yourself, don't, don't they see what they're doing to the country? I mean, why are they doing this? And I do believe that on the on the civilian side, so those civilians that are that are doing it, they're doing it for greater wealth and greater power, right? Over us. Right. I think from the military perspective, we've ingrained in our military, maybe, maybe beyond the point uh, where it's like you you follow your orders, you know, from your political masters. Well, that didn't get the guys that followed Hitler's orders too far by the, at the end of World War II, right? Because because they weren't they in, during those trials, they were told following and following orders is not an excuse, right. you know, for destroying humanity, right? So, you know, our, where are we? Twenty twenty three, because I know we're coming to the to the end of my time. Twenty twenty three is going to be a a big transitional year, and and the voices that are out there, you know, you you Josh, you provide a voice to the voiceless. Uh, and there's many of you out there, and I want I want more of you to you know to to rise, get the message out, you know, t- make sure that you're prepared. You talk to the audiences, let them know what to do, what to think, how to you know how or, or you know where where to go to look, not necessarily what to think, but what to think about. Um, but we've got to drive these messages home because at the end of the day, all I really want is I want what's best for this country. Because I have kids and I have grandkids and I want my 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 children and my grandchildren to grow up in a in a in a great country and not a not a dictatorship, not a not a communist country. Okay? Right. And yeah. uh, that's kind of the direction that we're heading right now. You're right. And, and if we keep on going down this road, I think 2024 is that last spot, that last opportunity that we really have. And I've talked about how we get got to get back to the family structure. We got to get back to the family structure because that's what makes a community. That community makes the the county or the city. That county and city make the state. And that state makes right. our, our federal government. And if we don't have that foundation in place, then everything else will fail and crumble upon it. Um I wanted to get your thoughts real quick because I know we're running out of time here on the World Economic Forum, ESG, and Klaus Schwab, Noah Harari. This is something that I've covered. I've been in cryptocurrency since 2017. Um, I understand CBDCs very well. This is not good, what we're having in the sense of centralized digital currencies, especially with the push of ESG from the World Economic Forum. Um, Do you think that this is the head echelon that is pulling most most of these strings? Absolutely. And uh, I want people to, to go and look at Executive Order 14067, Executive Order 14067, uh, signed by uh, the Biden administration, signed by Uncle Joe, 8 March last year. It went into effect 13 December. It's on central bank digital currencies. ESG is environmental, social and governmental scores for, for companies, right? The corporations, companies, small businesses, each of us. Uh, will probably be assigned some type of ESG score by this co- by this government by this administration, and this is a globalist takeover of the financial system, and uh, and it's already being tested. It's already being beta tested. So this idea of central bank digital currency, and you know what does it look like? Well, like one of the one of the key experts on on digital currency in, on the, in the plant on the planet talks about it going under the skin and MIT. MIT is already testing and, and, and it's already being tested in humans. A little tiny, it's about that big, maybe even smaller than that, goes under the skin. You can go to MIT. MIT is the one that developed it, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And uh, this is the direction that these people are taking. It's to eliminate, I believe, to eliminate the, uh, the fiat uh, currency being the U.S. dollar for us. 
and uh, going to some type of, you know, hand wave over a, over a QR code. And, and now they know everything about your life. Listen, go to the World Economic Forum and go look at, listen to the guy, Yuval Noah Harari. I mean, it, 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 the guy's, he's nuts. I just, I just posted something about him. And, uh, you know, it's Yuval Noah Harari. Go look, go look at the, the, the World Economic Forum, the latest meeting that they just had in, in, uh, in uh, Davos, Switzerland. Yep. And listen and and listen to what these people say. They're they're in our face. They're not even hiding it anymore. Well, and and they're rising up like the fourth Reich, uh, like the new Nazism yeah. that's uh, yeah. spreading throughout the world. Well, the they're... fourth industrial. So on that, the you know yeah. uh, Klaus Schwab talks. He wrote wrote the Great Reset. Talks about the fourth industrial revolution. It's really it's really a. Uh, it's the it's the next stage of the of the third Reich, right? I mean, yeah. you, you can't read read the Great Reset. You know, the I mean, just look at some of the things that we already know to be true that have already been exposed. What we need to do is we need to keep exposing it to our audiences and to those that will listen, so people are more informed and better informed when they when they make a decision about their lives. Because right now, uh, this government wants to make it the wants to make every decision about you and for you and not allow you to do that that's that's taking away our freedoms and our rights absolutely and and just the final thing 2024 any aspirations to uh join trump admin 2.0 if he wins or you can be running for office yourself any thoughts no i i mean no i i uh at this stage this this is a day-to-day battle for me I uh, I like you know it, like I said it's exhausting but I I feel like I've been I've been blessed to be able to uh, be at this you know have this platform I you know I I uh, I could be I could be that person that would have walked away from all of this believe me but I just know what's at risk our country is at risk if we give up and so I'm just not one to give up I wasn't raised that way I didn't go in the military to be a, to be to be somebody to give up. And uh, and after witnessing and going through what I went through, the persecution that I went through, and frankly, watching what they've done to the to the not only the Trump family but the entire country, mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm never going to give in. Absolutely, General Flynn, I appreciate your time today. Much appreciated for Thanks, everything Josh. your continued service to our country, uh, guys. We'll be back with more Daily Dose right after this. All right, there it was, General Michael Flynn. And, uh, yeah, no, we had a good conversation beforehand, and uh, it was uh, it was a short conversation, I know. I wish I had him for a lot more time. Um, I did send him over some questions, though, for uh, – so I'm, I'm writing the multi-domain warfare series on my Substack, and part yeah. two is only delayed because I'm waiting for all the responses back. So I got that uh-huh. interview so I can use some of that, and then I'm waiting for – he's going to answer a whole bunch of questions for me. Uh, wow. on that so i'm waiting for those questions cool. to actually come back which is really cool uh, do you invite him to the camping trip i did not i i, I will though I'll, I'll invite him to camping trip. people <laughs> be like i'm going now that was great man yeah it was a good interview and he uh he put out a lot of good information i, w- I wish we had more time to talk about the world economic forum um i i'm obviously well versed in that topic and um, he, what he was talking about the the chip that goes under the skin from MIT is quantum dot technology. Yes. Um, oh. These are more of kind of like QR reading codes, so they're kind of like uh, they're tattoos that go under the skin that can be read by various different types of scanners, RFIDs. Yeah. Uh, they they've even designed them now to where they have signals 
that can be generated from them. Jeez, and people attribute that to the mark of the beast oftentimes, right? That's right. <clears throat> and so, wow. you know, one thing he said, he talked about there was the great awakening versus the great reset. Notice how they've changed this. Great awakening versus the great reset. They're not saying the, uh, the, the great awakening. They're saying the reawakening versus the great reset. Did you notice that? Flynn said this specifically. He said the reawakening versus the great reset. He didn't say the great awakening. He said the reawakening. Okay. Implications? Well, this is, uh, well, let's listen. Let's let's watch the video from from Clay and General Flynn on this matter. And uh, we'll be right back. Let's check this out. In the abstract, the ability to hack human beings means the ability to understand humans better than they understand themselves. There is something new. The borderline is the skin. Previously, almost all the information gathered on you was outside your skin. Where you go, what you buy, what you watch, what you press on your TV, what you press on your keyboard. This is the the information that flowed. But the future is about going under your skin and looking directly at what is happening in your heart, in your brain, what is your blood pressure, which parts of your brain are activated now. I mean, COVID makes it, it accelerates the process of digitalization and automatization. It legitimizes the deployment of mass surveillance and it makes surveillance go under your skin. This is Richard Werner, the top academic scholar in the world on central banking. The nature of the CBDC, what, what is it actually going to look like? They never talk about that. Right. Um, but I heard one European central banker tell me what it's going to look like. He saw it. Um, and it was around this, this large and would be implanted under your skin. CBDC. If that happens... We're done. Catherine Austin Fitz, I have a question for you, ma'am. These central bank digital currencies, how do they work? So it's a digital currency and an all digital system that can be controlled centrally. We are about to face one of the greatest periods of uncertainty in American history. Organize your finances, expand your knowledge, your insight as to what it is that you have, and then start making decisions. And one way to protect your money is by investing in precious metals, uh, gold and silver. That's always been a great way to make sure that you keep your money and you keep it safe. When you go to bh-pm. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go out of their advertisement aspect of there, but I wanted you guys to get the uh, the, the big idea that this is really really happening that there are people at very, very high levels that see this happening and they're organizing to basically fight against it. And it was interesting. I mean, if you go back to the conversation with Flynn there, um, it was actually what I think was one of the conversations I, I was listening to earlier with General Flynn is, yeah. you know, he it was on um, Seth Holhouse's show, um, uh-huh. Man, uh, Man in America. And uh, I urge everybody to go out there and listen to that show uh, and listen to that show with Seth Holhouse, uh, Clay Clark, and General Flynn. The reason why is because Seth comes out and asks specifically about the the 17 movement. And uh, Flynn kind of comes out and says, look, I don't want to talk about that. 
doesn't want to talk about that. And he goes, he, he says it there. He goes, if there, he says, uh, I don't know what it is, what it meant, but if it was, if there was a plan, that obviously failed. And I thought it was important because, I mean, whatever you think of General Flynn, I, I respect the guy wholeheartedly. I think he's a true American patriot. And when someone at that level and caliber, someone who understands military intelligence and strategy at such a high level like that, who understands unconventional asymmetrical warfare, okay, yes. comes out and says is that, look, look, people, you are the plan. Like, like right now, this is us organizing for a plan. What I've been saying for years, this is us organized for a plan. When he's saying that, that that is the god's honest truth and people need to wake up and realize that when we start talking about things like you know um you know clones and executions and tribunals or trump still president or nasara jassara or or hank or any of these things right. you know here's the thing is you need a legitimacy of information in order to validate any type of theory and if you if you just take a person's if, if someone comes up there and they present information and they say, hey, Trump's still president. Look, and I got executive order, executive order. I got I got this peed and, and, and there's all these things. And look at what he did here. You have to look at that and go, OK, I'm not going to believe you until I look at those documents myself. And you go, OK, what's an executive order? Does it have lawful authority in the sense of the law? Does it trump the Constitution? Right. What is a presidential emergency action document does? Can these yeah. things be clandestinely <laughs> utilized and do every president have access to them yeah. or only the president that creates it? And you have to go through this thought process of breaking all this down. And when you realize it, you start to find that the majority of the research that people are putting out there saying these things is just not credible yeah. or there's not enough information out there to substantiate yeah. that evidence. And it could it could be intimidating too to look into all these things, but really sometimes it gets down to a simple question of something as simple as what is the president and what constitutes a president and then kind of connecting the dots. Um, a lot of times it just takes a little bit of a glance to figure things out. And I love that Flynn is just on that. He's like, people need to do the research for themselves. And he right. really highlighted that issue. Absolutely agree. Well, and, and I redid this kind of, uh, um, this, do this document today. And the reason I did that is because this is a lot of what general Flynn and I were talking about today. And What's so this? this is my diagram right here. And it is it's definitely not complete. I got a new one I'm working on. And I'm actually working on kind of like a structure mm -hmm. order because this is how the multi-domain warfare works. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the bottom, you have social, cultural, institutional, political, health, and academic. Mm -hmm. These are the fundamental subdomains that build up our society. This is, this is where it all happens. Social dialogue and discord, cultural attributes that are added in there, institutions that make up those, the, the, the foundation and the basis that this, I mean, then you have political health and academic institutions will fall. Religion will fall in there. Charities, nonprofits, all these things, political, obviously local politics, health, and then academic. Then you go up the, then you go up the ladder, right? These things come together, those foundational ones come together to form our supply chain, how raw materials come about in the world. Raw materials have to be processed and manufactured. Those processes and manufactured then have to be distributed. That's supply chain. Then we have infrastructure. This is primarily looked at support of two things. You have support of supply chain and you have support of energy, energy production, manufacturing, processing, and distribution. 
And then you have laws and policies, which are regulations that govern both of those two facets and everything below it. Okay, then you go above and you have this like geoeconomic perspective, geoenvironmental perspective and geopolitical perspective. This is where it, it really ESG comes from. Environmental, social and governments comes from this top echelon. Now, here's the thing. Every single one of these do subdomains, the yellow, the blue and the gray are being infiltrated right now. This is like, if yeah, you were the or they world, have been. right, if you were the Bilderberg yeah. group back in the 1950s, this is what you looked at. And you said, okay, this is where we need to start. And you'd pick one domain and you'd start there and you'd start infiltrating it. And you'd understand exactly how that happens. Money, power, influence, blackmail, coercion, these types of things. And so far they've implemented, infiltrated themselves into every single one of those to the point where by controlling the narrative at the bottom of information warfare, by controlling the social and the cultural narrative through the influence of the institutions, through the influence of the political, through the coercion of the, 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 uh, the health industry, and through the indoctrination through the academic industries, what happens is, is they control immediately supply chain infrastructure laws and policy. They control almost immediately after that economic, environmental, and geopolitical environments. And this is what they've done. Now, if you see, there's one domain that's outside of it. There's the brown domain, and that's information. Because every subdomain is contained by the primary realm of information. And this is the important thing. So if you go back to Flynn and Mike's conversation where he's talking about we have to redefine the idea of information. We have to talk about uh, digital warriors and citizen journalists. That's exactly it. And that's why if we look at this graph right now or we look at this chart right now, we're taking back the social. We're taking back the institutional. We're taking back the political. We're taking back the health. We're taking back the academic. Yeah. Very and true. this this is so when we go to the plan, this was the plan. The plan was to take back the idea of information, to reclaim our first amendment. Our First Amendment is the right to a free press, the right to go out there and be citizen journalists and to report and to take facts and put them out there. And this is why this, the, the large media giants are collapsing and crumbling. Now you ask, people will ask, like, are we winning the war? This war has been waging for a very, very long time and right now it's battle after battle. But I can tell you wholeheartedly, that we are starting to take back our social, our cultural, our institutional, our political, our health, and our academic, which are the foundation of everything else. Because, I mean, they can come in here and they can say, okay, cyber attack on infrastructure, cyber attack on supply chain, and then draconian laws. But guess what? If you don't have the support of that bottom foundation of that bottom foundation because of the information that's flowing into them. If the information flowing into that bottom foundation is built upon truth that is coming about through this, this unveiling of what's happening, drip, drip, flood, then what happens is they can try to control us through supply chain, infrastructure, laws, and policy. But then that's when all that bottom foundation rises up and pulls their support away from those things. Ah, oh, you know what? We don't need supply chain. We created our own parallel system. We don't need that. Well, then infrastructure, we're coming after your energy. No, nah, we're good. We, we created our own energy infrastructure. Uh, well, laws and policy. No, nah, we're, we're, we're succeeding from the union. We're all moving to Texas. We have choices. And that's the beautiful thing. And that's how we fight this war is the globalists will only run over us if we allow them to.
And the fact that we're standing up right now, the fact that we're speaking up, this to my idea, if there ever was a plan, if ever a, a group of good guys got together and they looked at the Constitution and says, we need to save you, and they said, let's figure out a plan for the next decade to do, this would have been their yeah. plan. To take back the idea of information through citizen journalists, through digital warriors, going out there, understanding the transition of what was happening within the news and media, of how information was being consumed by people. It's no longer Walter Cronkite in 60 minutes. It's yeah. ten. It's five to ten minute video clips. It's two to three minute video clips. It's memes on social media. And if we can take over that whole spectrum because mainstream media is sitting in the dust collecting their billions from the government and subsidies, then we mm -hmm. can control the narrative. And if we can control the narrative, we can influence people back towards the truth. And that's exactly what's happened over the last decade. And that's kind of what my whole conversation with General Flynn was about, was specifically this. But there's real problem, real concerns. And this is China. This is the BRICS nations. Um, this yeah. is the alliance that they're formulating. I don't really think Russia is too much of a threat for the United States of America. Although for Europe, I think that Russia is going to raise hell with Europe. And I think yeah. that it's going to lead to the collapse of NATO. And I, I think that you're going to see BRICS formulate into a strong military alliance, which guess what's going to be? The New World Order. The New World Order is going to be where the old economic alliance of the Western world descends and digresses where this other world order with the BRICS nations rises up. If Flynn said it right there, if you take BRICS plus, you have 75% of the world population contained within BRICS. You have 65% of all distribution of all raw materials and supply chain within the BRICS nations. If, if China invaded Taiwan, that's 72% of the chipset manufacturing, 52% of all world fertilizers out of Russia. Uh, it's over and done with. There's not even a battle to be fought. All they have to do is just flip the switch and say, we're sustainable without ourselves and until you get rid of NATO. We're, we're not playing that game. And then NATO and the Western nations would say, okay, well, we're going to go to war and it would be a bloody battle, but eventually those, those nations would come out on top because it's a war of attrition at that point. And this is what we've said about the war in Ukraine, hasn't it? That this was always yeah. about the war of attrition, that this was not about... Um, having the United States deplete its its energy its its energy or deplete its military services. It was about Europe. It was about Germany and Italy and UK. It was about Poland and all these other countries depleting their military arsenals by giving it to Ukraine. See, the thing is, and during that time, Biden came out depleted our strategic petroleum reserve. Not only that, he got rid of a lot of our, our military assets. The same thing with Canada. So if a war waged right now, it would be a bad few months. And Russia knows this. China knows this. And this is why China is throwing these balloons over across the fields of Montana, the nuke fields of Montana, because they know the United States is not capable right now of a worthy defense. And they're testing their systems. Also, you can throw the bioweapon vaccine into this. You can say that this war of attrition is only drawing out the inevitable, that the majority of the people within the military were vaccinated, and they know that at the 18 to 24 month period, people are going to start feeling ill. After that 24 month, the five year period, you're going to have massive deaths. And all they have to do is wait it out. And then there's no, no, no shots to be fired. It's simply just wait it out. Okay, well, guess what? 
that country's gone, that country's gone, that country's gone, and they just walk in. And so there really is a very real concern right here because World War III has already started. It's been going on for a while, I'd say for at least a decade now. And it's been fought with information and psychological warfare. And the primary tool or weapon is social media. It is the internet, which, by the way, was created by DARPA. And (laughs) you and me and everybody else out there have a job to do. And that job is to save our country. That job is to save and preserve the United States Constitution. Not necessarily for us, but for our children and our grandchildren and the people that are to come. And instill within them the values of what that truly means. I mean, Thomas Jefferson said that the tree of liberty needs to be refreshed from time to time with the blood of tyrants, the blood of patriots. And we are at that point, except for the blood being spilled, is narrative, is truth, is information. And this is what we're seeing all throughout Congress right now. Congressmen are ripping new assholes to all the Twitter execs. And guess who's next? We just saw today. Jim Jordan came out and subpoenaed. Uh, Ray, the head of the FBI, and the Attorney General. This is a massive. Guess who's going to be subpoenaed next? The Secretary of State Blinken. Why? For his involvement in the Nord Stream sabotage. This is going to be a lynching. Remember Donald Trump always said, witch hunt, witch hunt, witch hunt. Projection. Turn it around. Now this truly is going to be a lynching. This is going after the actual literal witches, the actual literal demons in our government and holding them responsible. We we heard it yesterday that these people right now are getting their asses chewed by Congress. This is just the information collection. Just wait till the criminal indictments come out, the criminal referrals come out. And uh, uh, who was it? It was... uh, uh, Clay Higgins, he said to him, he goes, is your lawyer present? And they're like, yeah, yeah, our lawyers are present. He goes, good, because I want your lawyers to listen up. This is just information discovery. You guys are going to jail. I mean, th- that's serious. That is high level serious. And they are the low people on the totem poles. Just wait till it gets to the FBI, the Joe Biden administration, because this goes directly to Kamala Harris. This goes directly to Joe Biden. This goes directly to Ron Klain, the chief of staff, who's now leaving. This goes to Blinken. This goes to the, the heads of Mayor Orcus, the head of the DHS. This goes to the heads of the FBI. And see, you go back to my theory back in 2020 of you can't tell the people you have to show them is that, hey, when do we start our, uh, our operation of information collection? We, we start it when they're back in power, they're pompous, they're arrogant, and they're out there and they take over power and they just talk freely. They have their documents openly because they're not afraid of conservatives or Trump anymore. And what happens? Exactly this. Now we got them. Now we have the fresh new evidence right there for the whole world to see being released by corporations, being released by citizen journalists, being, you know, the the whole Nordstrom shit. Okay? The the day... What's that? The pipeline? Yeah. The day it freaking happened. The day it happened. We had a P-8, Navy P-8 aircraft flying over, doing a loop-de-loop and coming back. What was that probably doing? Dropping off the divers. You have Seymour Hersh who just reported this saying that they dropped, uh, that, that Navy divers attached C4 to it. You had a Norwegian plane fly and drop off in a buoy which sent out an electrical signal which blew the pipelines. 
We already know that Russia came out many months ago and, and said that Liz, uh, Liz Truss, who is the Prime Minister of Great Britain at the time, texted Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, and said it's done at the same exact moment that it was confirmed that the Nord Stream pipeline had blown up. You have Victoria Nunland, you have Joe Biden, and everybody else saying that if Russia invades Ukraine, we're going to bomb the pipeline. There it is, yeah. right there. That's an act of war on a freaking nuclear superpower, the third strongest country on this planet. An act of freaking war without yeah. Congress. Without Very the, sloppily done. Yeah, w- without even briefing anybody within our government. And, and, and you know what? I tell you right now is if the Navy was involved with naval divers doing that, guess, who, guess who's coming down? Secretary mm-hmm. of Defense. CIA had burns. They're all going down, and we have them. This is only a matter of doing doing the congressional hearings, bringing yeah. the evidence up, and then bringing charges up on these people, impeaching them out of their positions. And so you have this dual-facted uh, impeachment scenario, oh, tri-facted. Uh-huh. So, firstly, you have Hunter Biden's laptop. You have complicit Joe Biden, 10% for the big guy, corruption in Ukraine. Secondarily, you have the Twitter files that are going on right now, which pertain directly to that. Then on the other part, right, you have this whole collusive mess of the Ukraine debacle that we just talked about with this treason. This implicates everybody from Joe Biden, Kamala Harris on down. Now, if you listen to what they were saying during the Congress hearings is you interfered with the 2020 election. You interfered with the 2020 election. You interfered with the 2020 election. If there was 2020 election interference, which we know there was, guess what happens to that election? What? Now Donald Trump has legal grounds to contest it. It's in the congressional record. If they're brought up on actual, if the federal government comes out and says, we are charging you with election interference, Donald Trump Mm -hmm. now has congressional testimony, DOJ conviction, they actually go out there and show that there is 2020 election interference. That's and, massive. Right. What does that lead to? That leads to the impeachment of Joe and Kamala, which means that the Speaker of the House would then become president. Speaker of the House is Kevin McCarthy. He doesn't want to be president. So they'd probably nominate someone in the meantime with their Jeffersonian motion that they can utilize. Come in there, elect Donald Trump as Speaker of the House in temporal. Bring him into the presidency. Kevin McCarthy takes back speaker. The head of the Senate becomes vice president. That's probably for a short year. Donald Trump starts fixing shit. 2024 comes around. He wins a re-election. Boom. There you go. That's how 2023 into 2024 should go. If we're winning this war. If we're winning this battle. If not, there's going to be a lot of shit that we have to prepare for. Well, you have to look at what the courts are going to do if this goes to the courts. And uh, this year, one year, less than a year, 10 months, mm-hmm. I don't feel it's like a lot of time for the wheels to turn. So I wouldn't, I'm not going to um, put I'm not going to hold that. my breath. Yeah. I'm not going to put everything on that. I think there could still be a good future with a longer timeline. Yeah. But you're right. That could happen. It probably should happen tomorrow. Unfortunately, well, and the thing about it happening, too, is Mm -hmm. that it only happens if if we pressure Congress, if we stand up and keep on unveiling the truth 
and we keep on rebuilding our communities and making our communities strong and re- rebuilding this foundation of what it, it what America actually is. That's the only way that this ever is going to happen. Yeah. But we need to hold people accountable too in the public eye. Yeah. And really just be loud and and forge forward. Go ahead. But, but see that whole spectrum, that whole domain right there doesn't account for China and Taiwan or mm. Iran and Israel or Russia and Ukraine or Russia and Europe or the mm. geo economic situation of a fiat currency that's being hyperinflated and devalued over time. It doesn't account for another uh, another level of bioweapons that potentially could be released. It doesn't account for potential World War Three breaking out or global economic collapse or cyber attacks on infrastructure structure that's the thing is these are the tactics that they have at their arsenal against us and so just like the other day they had the congressional hearing and all of a sudden the lights all go out and if you want to think for one minute that at congress that they don't have backup generators that immediately switch on when there's a flicker of those lights you're nuts they do and the Mm -hmm. fact that lights went out at all i'm telling you they didn't come right back on they came back on like 15, 20 seconds later. They probably went with okay. the backup system. But that's telling you that something happened to that primary system. Now, they yeah. don't do maintenance during the day. When Congress is in session, oh. they don't do maintenance. Doesn't happen. So they came out and said, oh, maintenance problem. They don't do maintenance during the day. And you don't go in and you don't touch electrical systems within any government or military. There's a whole process and procedure that actually comes about. So let's say that you're going to go down to the switchboard at the uh, um, um, the house and, and you were going to basically turn off a circuitry. In order to do that, there's a process to go through, a tagging process. And there's certain standard operating procedures that you have to go through to tag that out. There's certain points. Uh, you'd have to go to the, uh, the head of the Capitol Police. You'd have to go to the Speaker of the House. You'd have to get signed documentation. You would have to announce it before it actually happens. And then you can go and turn that breaker off and conduct your maintenance. This is why all maintenance is at night, not during the day. Now, it could have been a, a, a breaker that... Sure, but now throw that in the comparison with LAX completely losing power. Throw that in the comparison with no TAMs going down for all airports, all flights getting grounded in the United States, and then two hours later happening in Canada. For the whole country of Pakistan going dark overnight. The whole country of Philippines having all their airlines grounded. What is this all about? They're fucking cyber attacks. Exactly what I've been saying for the last two years. The food processing, manufacturing, and distribution facilities that strangely all just start having fires. Yeah, what you do is is you hack the IoT devices, you get onto their prime network. Once you're in their primary network, you find various different types of networked machines that are operating throughout the night. You change various different parameters in these machines that they're not noticeable by the system, okay? And think about this, is if a slicer in a food processing manufacturing plant is automated, and let's say that it's set for 100 slices uh, per minute, 100 slices per minute, okay? This thing has parameters of how long it's going to last. They know that that machine's going to last five years, 10 years, 15 years, because it's doing this, okay? Mm -hmm. But if I go in there and I switch one parameter, and then I switch another parameter, and let's say it's at 102 slices per minute and the energy input is now running at 128 volts which is still going to run right on power and now that decreases the longevity of that machine from five years to three months 
And so all of a sudden, for three months, it runs like this because of this hack, and boom, it goes out, starts a fire. That fire has the potential to becoming much, much more, and it burns down that food processing, manufacturing, and distribution facility. That's what's happening right now. And they're saying, oh, these aren't cyber attacks. Yes, they are. There are no coincidences. This has been going on since... Since August of 2019, we talked about it last night. We had the big explosion in Yemen. We had all those fires, the melted cars, all this stuff. That explosion was wild. Yep. Holy shit, man. I just went on a rant, huh? A little bit. All right. What's the big news for the day? So some of the big news today, House votes to end CDC vaccine requirement for U.S. visitors. This is great. So if you're trying to come into the United States of America, the House has uh, voted to remove that. Uh, So hopefully that gets fully approved and everybody can uh, come back into the United States and we can get some uh, some Red Pill Project members coming into the United States. David Whitehead coming to the United States and we can all go have a great camping trip or something. That'd be pretty cool. Dutch researcher who predicted Turkey, Turkey, Syria earthquake says India is next in line. Um, I'm saying it's going to be Mexico, but he's saying India. We'll, we'll see what happens. And I think that some of these guys are, are pretty darn um, thorough on their predictions. So uh, deaths from the earthquake in Turkey and Syria exceed 19,300, surpassing the toll from the Japan's Fukushima disaster. That's horrible. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, we talked about the destruction of the Nord Stream pipeline. We went through that. Um, U.S. is being accused of waging information warfare. This is Beijing has lashed out at Washington over irresponsible response to the spy balloon incident. Washington claims that China had targeted the U.S. with an airship surveillance system as nothing more than information warfare. Chinese Foreign Minister Spokesman Mao Ning said on Thursday the unmanned balloon's flight over the U.S. is subsequent downing last week and intensified tensions between the two countries. Mao claimed that accusing Beijing of running a network of spy airships over the U.S. is irresponsible and part of the information warfare against China. The diplomat added that everyone knows which country has the largest spy and monitoring systems. The statement came after the Pentagon claimed the downed airship was part of a larger Chinese surveillance balloon program. The network was going on for several years, Brigadier, Brigadier General Pat Ryder said during the briefing on Wednesday. The White House spokesperson, Karine Jean-Pierre, said on the same day that China had a fleet of balloons developed to conduct surveillance operations, which have also violated the sovereignty of other countries. And if I can find the video, I got it here somewhere. Where is my video? Vince it's all about the video. There it is. I found my video. All right. So we're going to check this video out right here. And this is the big island of Hawaii. This is over by the observatory. And look at there. See those green lights? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, huh? The rumor floating around is that these are actually coming from these, these air balloons. Or satellites. Yeah. Yeah, satellites would be almost impossible to do that. That would have to be something that's in the lower atmosphere. Satellites? No way, dude. Uh, by that time that's that... That's what it said. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying that's what people are saying. Right. Chinese satellites shines green lasers over Hawaii islands. Chinese officials know. claim the satellite studied air pollution will add updates and develops. So if that yeah. is satellites, that's very, very interesting. But what it's doing and what we suspect that these balloons are doing are mapping the geographical terrain. 
and they're looking oh, for geez. surface perturbations. So think about how those balloons were over Montana. If mm-hmm. it had a ground penetrating radar, yeah, they could okay, map out. They could map out surface perturbations. What would that tell them? What's underground? Where the nukes are, right? How big the nukes are. You could have all different types of things. So, yeah. Yeah. Geology, structures, tunnels, bases. And, yes, those satellites potentially are using LIDAR systems to do that. They'd have to be highly focused LIDAR systems. I mean, 300 miles away, by the time that light gets down to the Earth's surface, it's going to be massively big because of the aperture range. So, yeah. So, Thinking it's satellites, it, it it is satellites, but how they're doing it, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, laser um, technology is absolutely wild, and the accuracy is. they probably get from those systems is probably just it's probably military grade stuff and stuff that we don't have in our normal markets that none of us any of us have ever seen, unless you're military. And I bet you that those satellites are integrated with the balloons somehow. Maybe with the relay of information. Oh man, probably. Yeah, and the DOD came out and said that so, the the balloon had collection uh SIGINT collection uh, communication uh, devices on it. And I'm telling you, I think that it was actually monitoring uh, ground perturbations. It was looking for military bases, underground military bases, nuclear silos, uh, various types of air detection facilities on ground. Mm-hmm. China said with that green laser, they uh, allegedly, what I read is that they, they said it, they were they were checking on our pollution levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just seeing how much pollution you guys are contributing <laughs> yeah. to the world. Yeah, I know. In a New Defense One article, China is gearing up to shoot down U.S. drones. Its military complex is already working on a list of technologies needed to sw- uh, fight off swarms of UASs. Uh, the network drone swarms proved decisive uh, in the recent U.S. Air Force simulation against the Taiwan Strait conflict uh, that broke through China's anti-access aerial denial efforts and ensured U.S. victory. Uh, this was a scenario ran by China... And so what they're developing is various different types of uh, laser defense systems, shipboard uh, and and surface mounted to defend against drones. So we'll see if that actually works. I think it will because the U.S. developed that technology a long time ago. Hmm. Um, All right. Yeah. So this is a. This is a take uh, from uh, Aaron Mott's Mate uh, on uh, the Nord Stream, and this is a good listen. Tucker, this is a case where you have the motive. Uh, the U.S. has long been trying to stop the Nord Stream 2 because, as Cy Hirsch's story points out, uh, the U.S. has recognized that if Nord Stream 2 goes online, that would make it a lot more difficult for the U.S. to wage a proxy war against Russia because Germany will not want to be on board with cutting off its source of cheap energy. So the U.S. found an answer to that problem. They blew it up. And it's interesting. Hirsch reports that the planning for this operation began in late 2021. And that's when Russian forces were massing on the border of Ukraine and there was a threat of the invasion. But something else happened. Russia, in that same month of December 2021, when planning was underway at the White House to blow up Nord Stream 2, Russia also submitted draft treaties to the U.S. and NATO. 
laying out detailed proposals for the U.S.-NATO to resolve their issues, to roll back NATO military infrastructure in states surrounding Russia. Now, we know what happened to that because the U.S. rejected it. wouldn't even discuss the core issue of Ukraine not joining NATO. Instead, the U.S. chose to basically let the Russian invasion happen. And then when that happened, proceeded to engage in this operation to blow up Nord Stream 2. And they've made no secret about their embrace of this. Uh, the day after the Nord Stream 2 was sabotaged, Antony Blinken declared that this was a tremendous strategic opportunity. And most recently, you've covered this, Victoria Nuland testified in Congress that she is grateful, along with the White House, that the Nord Stream 2 is now a hulk of metal at the bottom of the sea. Wow. And, and so there's a few things that points to take in here is that Russia presented the U.S. and NATO draft treaties resolving its own security concerns. If NATO would just move the hell away from Russian borders, they'll move out of Ukraine. And they said, yeah. nope, and bombed the freaking pipeline. Um, this is not going to turn out well for the U.S. What a bummer. And guess who's going to have to clean all this up? Yep. Uh, Project Veritas, um, they're going to lose everything because of this. You think so? I do. Hold on. Let me see. Oh, I saved it. Okay, good. And none of this stuff is uh, is loading anymore. I think my uh, my computer just froze up on loading Twitter. I don't know if Twitter's down or something now. Uh... I just got a white screen whenever I pull Twitter feeds up. Everything else is working. But, uh, I'm okay right now, but... Maybe Hillary Clinton looks like she uh, she uh, is the illegitimate child of George Soros. <laughs> yeah, she looks like she got a case of the climate change. Looks like she's been deprived of her adrenochrome for a long time. All right. We have a select committee led by Jim Jordan holds hearing on weaponization of federal government against its citizens. And from that, we see uh, Jim Jordan subpoenaed. Ray and Garland, the DOJ has fired back at him and saying this is a premature as it offered to engage with the committee. And so, yeah, this is a political move that Jim Jordan's doing by doing this subpoena, but he's, he's making sure he gets the people that he wants out there. In an odd twist of events, one week after the, the death of a New York, a New Jersey count, Republican council member, a second Republican council member is murdered. And the person who did it apparently killed himself afterwards. Um, very, very crazy. I don't know what's going on there, but it seems like someone's targeting Republican politicians in New Jersey. Yeah, it really does. Here it's we go. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. WHO Director General Dr. Tedro says we must prepare for the potential H5N1 human bird flu pandemic. And, I mean, come on, insult to injury here, people. Over the past few weeks, there have been it's several reports of mammals, including minks, otters, foxes, and sea lions, having been infected with H5N1 avian influenza. H5N1 has spread widely in wild birds and poultry for 25 years. But the recent spillover to mammals needs to be monitored closely. I can tell you exactly why it spilled over to man and mammals. You want to know why? Brought to you by Pfizer. Because of 
what do they call it? Directed evolution, gain of function. That's why. Two birds with one stone. We have bird flu that's going out there killing the chickens. No, what happened is they modified the food and the feed, and they also burned down the facilities. At the same time, we have an avian flu outbreak. Oh, how coincidental that it that is being infected in the mammals. Holy yeah, shit. I'm pretty sure they gave mRNA to chickens, too, and also those creepy tests. That they did. Gosh. Well, hopefully all this investigation goes all the way to the World Health Organization and all these other global organizations as well as uh, more localized institutions because a lot of these problems stem from there. Right. Uh, Matt Walsh was testifying, I believe, and this is in this Tennessee house, and this is absolutely just beautiful. Listen to what happens here. Okay, I guess we're not going to listen to what happens here. Try that again. Can ad lib it? Oh, man. Can ad lib it? I'm not Matt Wallace. I can definitely not do that. Okay, well, at least we're not frozen up here. Okay. Let me see. Twitter? Is, there much, is, is anybody else having problems with Twitter? Anyways, he... Uh, he went after this person in the sense of, would you ever... Um, do do you consent to a 16-year-old having the permission to modify their body? And the guy was just speechless. He didn't want to say yeah. it because he was yeah. on record. And they're like, who are you to talk about this? Is this the video where they kind of try to discredit him? And he's like, I'm a human who cares. That's what gives me. He's like, they try to like be like, oh, what education do you have? And he right. just smears them on who he is and why he has the right to speak on it. Right. Uh, British politicians are demanding the House office refocus on counterterrorism program to include unvaccinated people who question the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, This is crazy. This is a Kirsten Oswald, the SNP politician, uh, said the prevent program was too preoccupied with the Islamic threat and risk stigmatizing and marginalizing Muslim communities. Instead, focusing on the jihadi terrorists, the scheme should add unvaccinated people to the terror watch list and focus on them. Yup, that's right, people. We are going to be targets. That is what we've talked about for a very long time. We are going to become targets in this new world. Hopefully not, but yeah, that's yeah. what they're trying. All right, this is uh, quite an interesting photo taken by a telescope. And I know people are going to say that this is most likely uh, a rocket launch or something. Oh, man, I don't know what's going on with my computer. But this video is all wackadoo. Let's go out here. Bizarre whirlpool appears in the night sky above Hawaii. Let's take a look at this. Man, well, at least my stream's still up. Nothing's working on my browser. Well, they must love me. Anyways, it doesn't necessarily look like a space, uh, uh, a, a SpaceX rocket launch, which happened from Florida, which very well could be it, but... It looked like a little tiny pinwheel. It, it did. It did. And the way that it was facing is what concerned me, because usually you have these big bubbles of when you go through the magneto mm-hmm. and the ionosphere that form, and that whirlpool is... We've seen it a few times, and they say, oh, these are missile launches or rocket launches. Uh, but then why didn't we see them through the 80s? Why right. didn't we see them through the 90s? Why are we just seeing these things now? 
why don't you tell us like, hey, tonight at 5 p.m. you're going to see it. Right. Because we're launching a rocket. Never. It's right. always just like it happens and then they have a cover up for it. All right. I want to go ahead and uh, hit up all the people who donated to the uh, the after, uh, oh, not the after dark, but the Battle of the Streams. Grismo7 just donated three d- lemons. Curse of Q celebrated a three-month subscript. Shannon1313, eight lemons. Thank you so much, Grismo. Curse of Q and Shannon. Enlightened Science, Patri- Patriotic Pisces, R- Grandma5 Revolt, Curse of Q, one ice cream, five lemons from Pi- uh, Patriotic Pisces, one uh, lemon from Enlightened Science, uh, two lemons from Enlightened Science. Thanks so much. Ed Reed celebrating a nine-month substreak. Thank you so much, Ed Reed. RPG3573 donated one diamond. Great guest, Josh. Thank you so much, RPG. Thank you so much, Ed Reed, by the way. Hillbilly Jack- Jekyll donated one diamond. This is the fruits of your hard work. Proud of you. Oh, thank you so much, Hillbilly Jekyll. Uh, Ed Reed donated one lemon. Thank you so much, Ed Shannon, 1313.5, Ice Cream Bayonet, two lemons. Thank you so much, Shannon Bayonet. RPG, another one diamond. Thank you so much, RPG. Patriot of Pisces, three lemons. Thank you so much, Patriot of Pisces. Grits, X, Grits, excuse me. One diamond, Gramify Revolt, one lemon. Thank you, Grits and Gramify Revolt. Susan SD, $10. Thank you, General Flynn, for being a guest on Josh's Daily Dose program. Thank you, Josh and Vince. Thank you so much, Susan SD. Much appreciated for that. Army Mom 0718, $10 on the Rumble. God bless you, General Flynn, Josh and Vince. Great show, great guest. Thank you so much, Army Mom. RPG 3573, two ice creams. P Kitty 79, one lemon. Thank you so much, RPG and P Kitty. Slum Dog gifted a cookie. Great interview. Thank you, Slum Dog. JCMC 0007, three lemons. Bayonet, two lemons. Thank you so much, JCMC and Bayonet. Patriot of Pisces, two lemons again. Thank you so much, all of you guys. RM UAFC2, gifted a cookie. I love your ranch, Josh. Thanks, gentlemen, for everything that you do. Thank you so much, RM UAFC2. And RPG 3573, two lemons. Bayonet, one lemon. Shannon 1313, two lemons. Thank you guys all for all the donations. Much appreciated on all of that. You guys help keep us alive. And so. Also, if you guys want to help support us in any way, shape, or form, the best way to do that is to go to redpills.tv. Uh, I don't even know if I can get this website to load up. Nope, it's not loaded. But just going over to redpills.tv, you can hit sponsors, affiliates at the top there, and that's going to take you on over to all of our affiliates from Kirk Elliott, Gold and Silver, PhD, IRAs, 401ks, to Mike Lindell using that code RPP, to Honey Colony, which uh, we're absolutely loving with what they're doing yeah. over there. And many, many more, as well as just ways to support the Red Pill Project. So uh, that's all we have for you tonight. And uh, Vince, are you doing morning coffee tomorrow? Yes, sir. All right, Vince will be with you in the morning coffee. Jim Price will be with you on the Dark Delight Show. Uh, I'll be driving to Denver. Hopefully, I'll jump on one of the Zooms and we can all chit-chat and have a great time. Uh, Much love, respect. God bless you guys. Hope you guys all have a great night. Take care. We'll see you guys later. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me iPatch McCain. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's a, it's collusive. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. 
They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of communism.